Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Saturday morning, the 17th day of February. Good morning, Georgia. Morning. Just lost my breath there. Yeah, and <laughs> Just let that go. You let it out. You're trying to hold on to and, it. And, uh, you know, a very uh, good morning and stay dry to you beautiful people in Covington. Out there at the Supernatural yeah, Highway. Absolutely. Absolutely. They got a big doing out there. We're going to talk about that in just Covington? a minute. Out in Covington this week, yeah. Mm-hmm. HBCU softball. Invitational softball event is happening. I would love. See, this is what I would rather do than go up to the NBA weekend, uh, All Star weekend in, in Indianapolis. If I could get into a really nice softball tournament, and and while we're at it, knock off about twenty years. <laughs> I would say you get in a softball tournament now. Right you, now you, you, I mean, you're gonna go have you a tub. Like Fred have you a tub of Epsom salt? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't dead, man, since I lost him. He's going to play first base. All right, there we go. Um, listen, again, want to remind you, Adam Alexander is going to join us here uh, later on in the hour. going to talk a little baseball. Here. Speaking of uh, softball, pitchers and catchers are arriving at various camps. Do I need to read this right now, Eric? Is this important? No, we, 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 when we get into it. Okay, when we, when we wasn't sure. Just, just, just so we have some ammunition when we get into it. Ah, okay. All right. So what am I doing now? Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm shutting up because it's time for Mr. Crenshaw. I'll let you know what's going on. Yeah, we're going to get into this a little bit today, this morning. First, we'll run down the college uh, basketball games, and Eric Slaughter's going to jump in here with me and minute about a game that's happening today that always creates a big buzz. First of all, Georgia's home. Uh, hoping to get back in the wind column and play in Florida today at 1 o'clock in Athens uh, basketball today. Georgia Tech is home. You know, they beat North Carolina to end the month of January. The calendar changed to February, and they haven't won a game since. Uh, they, they're 0-4 in the month of February. They try to get back in the win column. They got Syracuse in town. Uh, they're playing at 5.30 over at McCamish. Uh, Kennesaw State lost last night. Kennesaw State got up to a great start, and we all know what they did last spring. And uh, they're just struggling. Don't they? They're just misfiring right now. And, you know, I, I watched a little bit of the game last night. They lost to North Florida 82-81. They're 14 and 13 on the season, five and eight in a sun. Uh, so we see what they can do to straighten that up. Georgia State is on the road. They're playing up at Old Dominion this evening. Seven o'clock uh, is the start time. Uh, I put my hand over my heart because I'm talking about the University of West Georgia. Of course, we're going. We're going D1. Uh, we D2 right now. And we're up to number six, number six in the nation this week, uh, nationally ranked. With a record of, but they did something they hadn't done since the first of the year. They lost a game this week. I think they won like eleven in a row. Um, they're twenty and three, and uh, today at four o'clock they host Alabama Huntsville. Special, special uh, day because they're going to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary of the national championship team, the NAIA national championship team there at West Georgia. So that's coming up later on today. And then we have 
um, over in the Atlanta University Center at 2 o'clock today. Uh, Clark Atlanta at Morehouse. Better get in line right now. <laughs> get in line right now because that's how it is. Yo, you you come down Fair Street yep. at about 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. the line will be going and going to be like, what are they giving away? Free cheese around here. <laughs> but it's, it's one of the best environments in HBCUs. I think it's one of the best environments in college basketball. I really period. do. Yeah, but you got to get there early. Early. <laughs> that's early. always. Early. Now, Morehouse, the Clark Atlanta beat them at the game several weeks ago over yeah. at CAU, right? Yeah, you know, back in back in my day, you know, when I was a student when the, the Forbes Arena first opened and when I was of course part of the Morehouse staff, they would play both of those games at Forbes Arena for the crowd capacity. And then uh, I think when was, when was the coach that came in for, for Clark from the Toronto Raptors? Help me with his name, Coach. It went to um, Alabama. Now, where's he at now? Oh, man. You know, the ex-NBA coach. And he was like, why am I giving up this home court yeah. once a year? You know, and, and so we they started playing it on campus and campus again because, unfortunately, Clark Atlanta Gymnasium, the LS Epps, even though it's a great gymnasium, yeah. might seat 4,000 students, you know, yeah. on a good day. If that on a many, good day. If that yeah. many, right? On a good day. You know, so you know? we can get eight to 9,000 at Forbes Arena, but uh, when it's the Morehouse home game and it's senior day, both of these teams are battling for first place. They're both coming in off, on a loss, though, so they both will be hungry. They both probably saw that game coming on Saturday, and they went out there on Tuesday night or whatever it was, and probably slept through their game, saying, "Oh, we got the big one coming Saturday." I hate yeah, that, tra- that trap that. game. Yeah, you know, that, you that know what I mean. Game. You know, you're not not paying attention. We yeah. want people to know when it's coming. We got stuff like 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 clear bag policies and all that stuff is in place, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All the all the traditional game day clear bag policies. Um, make sure that you you if you bought your tickets because you can buy tickets in advance. They have one line for that. They have one line one line for. Um, tickets for purchase at the gate and one line for students because good old traditional thing. Students get in. Morehouse Spellman get in free with their student identification. So they'll have three different lines out there, and all of them will be long. All, all right. Okay. Okay. You stay, stay, stay close by. I'm coming back to you in a minute. Um, and we mentioned the HBCU having softball today. This is an event, and, and I know you're you, you a, a softball official. Yes, softball uh, enthusiast. I, I love that game. Yep, yeah. they have the HBCU Collegiate Softball Invitational. The uh, inaugural. Yes, and it's taking place out in Covington. And um, the, let's see, they're going to start at 10 a.m. today. Hopefully, if yep. this rain blows through, the plan is to start at 10 a.m. you got Jackson State against Fort Valley. you got Grambling State against Howard. Alabama A&M versus South Carolina State, um, and th- those are games that take off at ten o'clock uh, today on those on the three fields out there. So when they got a day full, they got a twelve o'clock game, two o'clock game, four o'clock games, uh, and they're going to play again tomorrow uh, as well. So yeah, great, yeah. Great, great weekend. What do you think about having something like that in the area? Well, you know, uh, first off, Coach Tori Tyson, the head coach of Howard. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, excellent, excellent women's softball coach. She loves the fact that it's here because it gives her a chance to recruit Georgia, Alabama, Florida. Um, the softball talent and fast-pitch softball is some of the best in the country. You know, you talk about all the major power schools, the Oklahomans, UCLA's, the Arizonas. They come to this fertile ground to get, um, you know, their softball talent. I mean, California has great talent in Texas, but Georgia's once again leading some of the, the country with these high school talents. So, Coming here and having these young ladies be able to see HBCU softball, which is a sport in HBCUs that does not – people realize there are four or five sports in HBCUs that are really good that people don't know the exposure to. Ladies softball, fast softball, bowling. Mm-hmm. 
um, aquatics, you know, diving, swimming, and, and, and things like that, those are HBCU sports that are really, really good. That is a great chance for you to find a way to continue education for free. Yeah. So um, I wish – I can't go today, but I may be able to get out there tomorrow. I may be able to get out there tomorrow. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. That is happening out in Covington that's going on. All right. Uh, Coast basketball region tournaments have gone on. We're going to get with Cal Sandy tomorrow. Most of the region tournaments are done. I'm looking at some of the region champions, some of the some of the cast of characters we expected. You know, on the girls' side, we got a region champion. Uh, Campbell has won their region. North Paulding won theirs. Grayson, boys and girls, won their region. Uh, Cherokee beat Walton to win their region championship. Milton has won their championship. Norcross girls. And won theirs. Uh, and the Buford boys and girls win their region championships. We'll go through a lot of those with Cal Sandy tomorrow. We'll be all set where we're going for the uh, high school state tournament. The March on Macon uh, is ready to get started next week. So he will join us tomorrow morning at 640. You want to be here. All right. Eric, we're going to call you back in here. And, Greg, we want you to get involved in this as well. What? You know, throughout, Well, because we, 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 we talked about we talked <laughs> right. about something – uh, when it comes to high school athletics in our state, yeah. is a shortage of officials. But you know uh, how, Greg, this is what Sam and Greg do. We help people find jobs. That's Greg's line. We help you find jobs. Well, I got my situation to... covered for today. What you <laughs> y'all going to do? <laughs> well, we're going to help some people. We're going to help some people because we, we talked about Arthur Blank and Mr. Blank, how he uh, uh, loves to be involved in supporting certain things. And he has answered uh, a call from the GHSA for officiating. Eric, you were, at, you were at an event last week, and you gave me a call about it. I'm going to yeah. let you t- tell us about what's going on. Well, I was at the South Georgia um, Baseball Development Camp, which was a great event. Got some of the best high school baseball umpires in the state together and got ready for the playoffs and some guys who, you know, I was teaching the younger guys, and then, of course, I got taught by the more experienced guys. And my the, the head of baseball for Georgia High School, the liaison, um, his name is Michael Bates, pulled me to the side and said, Eric, um, give you a little FYI, there's probably going to be a big announcement this week that Arthur Blank and um, his foundation are going to make a big donation to GHSA to help us recruit officials. And I said, well, that's right. You know, something Sam and Greg, I, I merely said Sam and Greg will be all over top of this. And um, he said the meeting is tomorrow and the announcement should come this week. And lo and behold, it got – it released the day, and I didn't realize it was been on the table since December. That's how he knew about it. Okay. With a uh, $50,000 grant from the Arthur Blank Foundation completely going towards the recruitment of new officials in all sports. And, wow. I mean, I wish that was there eight years ago when I signed up because if you look at the breakdown, and that's one of the things that um, a lot of the local organizations try to do. You've had the football guys on before. Right. They try to – give away for to supplement the cost of getting in. And it shows you right there the average cost to get started is going to cost you about anywhere from three to $500 to get started. And if you're trying to find a way to make money, you know, if you say, wow, I got to spend money to make money, yes, unfortunately you do. But now, thank you to the Off the Blank Foundation, there's going to be a lot of new guys that say, hey, this is something that was maybe hindering me from getting started. Now I, can, I ain't got to worry about this. Yeah, that, 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 I think this is fantastic. Um, uh, applaud once again to the Arthur Blank Foundation and the Falcons for getting involved uh, for something that we need, you know, officials. And you see how it breaks down, Greg, the, the amount of money that you have to spend on it uh, just to be a part of it. Okay, so here's my thing. Yeah. While this is all well and good, what is being done to address the reasons why people are leaving this industry? Why is there, whether it's connection with families or, or parents getting out of hand or whatever it is, 
Why is there this this needed? In other well, words, well, you, it, it goes back mostly to the COVID pandemic. Okay, we had a big set of officials that were in their, um, let, let's say, older demographic, needing who, getting ready to retire. Yeah, getting ready to retire. They was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and call it because okay. after you, taking almost a year off, the lot was like, well, I'm not even coming back. Um, I, I was thinking about retiring anyway. And we didn't have the influx of new guys to replace the, you know, the guys that were coming out. And a lot of it was because of okay. then, then everything that, that has gone up in price. That makes sense. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. Y'all know that you, the two of you have sat here for the last X amount of years and educated me into the struggles that you have to deal with as an official. Right. Right. As a referee, mm-hmm. as an umpire, all of that stuff. So I'm just figuring this plays into it. One of the things, and yes, the, the, the pandemic helped no industry. Well, you, well, right. well even without the pandemic, you, you have so many guys who retire each year anyway. It's just like any other occupation. But, but you, have we, guys, you, have, you have so many guys that retire, you know. Yes. So I don't we, think, you, you, what you think, parents yelling at them is driving I people out that, of it? I think that what we have heard and what we see on YouTube and all these videos that pop up of everything from soccer and I'm talking about big-time soccer refs and everything that you guys have talked about here. Yep. Eric, firsthand, being on the field. And you talked about it. You put your hand mm-hmm. down when I brought it yeah. up, right? You no, guys yes. like, it's, I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's a different issue exactly. that we deal with. Now, I will say two things like this. In the past three years, the pay has actually increased well, significantly. Okay. okay, Significantly. I mean, this is the third straight year that I go to all the meetings, and the first thing they lead off with, pay is going up again. Okay, So that's a great incentive because – for if you say the abuse that some umpires might have to go through, they'll say, well, this ain't worth the money, but the pay has gone up. Well, then let's stop right there. Okay. What do you guys, what has the industry done, if anything, okay. that you can articulate has been put in place to help you and your fellow refs, umps, whatever, feel comfortable out there? Well, they have increased mandatory school officers and or what we call game managers presence at every athletic facility. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As an official, part of our pre-meetings, we find out who is our game manager or game official today. Yeah. Who That's the person we go to and say, hey, I got a problem with this. Can you please take care of that for us? Because there is no more where umpire says, hey, that fan up there has got to go. No, we don't do that. Principal Edwards, Assistant Principal Jones, whoever it is, can you handle this for me, please? And that's that's a big part of it. And I was at baseball last night, you know, a armed county Guard at the door, you know. Well, that's the kind of stuff in. that the audience needs to hear. I yes. mean, or people thinking about that. Yes, you know, that's why and, I asked and, that. And you know? standing there and observing the game, but they're there to make sure that you know if anything jumped off or broke off. GHSA makes you, at each GHSA event a statement is read before the game starts. Yes, the, really conduct, the conduct be, policy. So, so it's, it's not like the AAU stuff. It's not the stuff out in park and parks and rec. That's where you're hearing a lot of that stuff that's happening out of the parks. And rec. Nobody wants to go and call those games because then parents meet you out in the parking lot and whatnot. That's not so for the high school games. And lastly, with that in mind, okay, so every high school in the state of Georgia, and it's probably around the country, is required to, and this is where the difference is, provide umpires with one safe, pass, safe passage or escorted passage to and from their facility and a private area to change and be away. Now, if you get to a facility and that's not provided for you, you are supposed to report it. And that is a hefty fine from the GHSA. So schools are very much on top of, hey, this is your locker room. This is your passage area. If you need an escort to and from, we got a golf cart right here. We'll take you to and from your field. That sounds like when I sat that thing in Pope High School. 
Okay, you can have the athletic directors parts. The, the, the office right across. <laughs> I know that office. You get to change it there, yeah, yeah. and then they, somebody will take you out to the field. Yeah. Oh, that okay. is the one he Listen, uses. Again, I'm not trying to throw cold water on this, but this this is a conversation that's being out there. You clarified where it the differences between the, the, the difference, two. Yes. So again, a lot of people may not a lot, understand. A lot of that. stuff you hear about is stuff that's happening at the parks and rec level, but uh, and, and you know, unfortunately, that's where a lot of officials have to start. You have to go there and some, you know, those games have to have officials too. Right. But at the high school, at GHSA, before each and every event, a statement is read of what kind of conduct will and won't be tolerated at the, at, the, at those games. Okay. All right. Hey, listen, um, thank you, both of you. Yeah. We got to get on out of here. And I, I, bittersweet bringing our, for our next guest on here. We love him to pieces. Can't yeah. wait to hear him talk yeah. about Daytona. But his – Walk his on intro music. music. Yeah, we're gonna we, we're gonna get his take on. We'll that. get a, get his thoughts yeah. on that. And stick mm-hmm. around if you don't know what we're talking about. Adam Alexander from FS1 is joining us next. It is Sam and Greg. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game 92.9 The Game dot com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game 92.9 The Game dot com. And Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning, February seventeenth. That is the intro music for one Adam Alexander. Uh, down there in Daytona. Adam, before we get to the race, first of all, thank you as always for getting up and joining us, and we will make sure that you are at your next appointment. But um, Sam and I spent a minute or so last week talking about um, Toby Keith, uh, the guy who sang that song years, and I, we, you chose that because you're a big fan of his. And Just wondering what your uh, thoughts were when you heard the news that he had passed. Really sad, and, and I've never really had that kind of emotion or feeling uh, at the level I did for Toby Keith. And you, you don't realize how connected really you are to someone through music, I think, until, number one, you realize that they are gone. And number two, there have been so many great tributes on the various music channels, whether it be TV or radio. And so it was, it was very uh, sad to hear of his passing. And then you see the tributes from so many other musicians and entertainers that have come across him or worked with him on projects over the years. And you realize that he was everything you kind of felt like he was to make you a fan. So it was a, a sad day, no doubt about it. And, and there was a song that he wrote for Wayman Tisdale. And, and I know you have a very uh, diverse fan base when you talk about the various sports that your your listeners you know, root for and follow. And Wayman Tisdale was a great player at Oklahoma and played for the Indiana Pacers. And I knew him as a kid growing up in Indianapolis. And when Wayman died, Toby wrote a great song about him because they were friends and it was just Toby writing about losing his friend. And, and so to have heard that song and known of that song uh, because I was a Toby fan and knew of Wayman Tisdale to, to hear of Toby's passing and then go back and, and play that song had added meaning, no doubt. Two, yeah. two things, Adam and Sam, I'm gonna let you jump in here because it's funny that you say that and Sam's got a, a comment to that. But I think a few weeks ago when we were playing that song and I had brought up the fact that my connection with Toby Keith and I want you to, you probably got so much on your plate you didn't remember, but I want you to check it out. And it's the first movie that CMT did. By the way, CMT is going to come up again in this show. Okay. We'll bring them up. But the first movie they did, I got blessed to be a part of it. So that was my first uh, movie that I had done. It was called Broken Bridges. I played a newscaster in it, and this was Toby Keith's first movie. So I got a chance, and I've told Sam this story where, you know, uh, back in, um, in, in base camp between uh, shootings, I actually sat there and I was talking Oklahoma football with this dude. I was having an out-of-body experience. So if you get a chance, check out Broken Bridges. And the unfortunate part about that is the stars from that movie now are all gone. Toby was in it. Kelly Preston was the other star. And Burt Reynolds was in that movie. Wow. 
So mm. anyway, Broken Bridges, check it out, Adam. We did want to ask you that, but it's funny that you bring up the Wayman Tisdale thing because Sam did something last week. Yeah, we just we we played a little song that he had, he had recorded along with Wayman Tisdale and his album, a little Barry White song that he that he, he had done. You gotta uh, hear it. A lot of people didn't didn't know it was there too. Just something I stumbled across on YouTube, but I realized the song you were talking about, um, where he where he was very passionate about that and would show up at a lot of. Toby's a big Oklahoma basketball fan. It was sure better during March Madness if his schedule allowed, he'd be there courtside. But we got to talk some racing, man. And you're down at Daytona. And first of all, are you watching the sky down there? I'm here. We're moving the start times for tomorrow. Yeah, it's you know it's a struggle, right? And and the ARCA race was supposed to be today, and they actually pulled it up and, and ran it last night after the truck race, and it didn't start till after 11 o'clock Eastern time. But they wanted to commit to getting that race in because they had already done their qualifying and they, they didn't see any sense in waiting till today because of the rain. And now it's a, a moving target with the schedule because of all the things that are going on weather-wise and just anticipating the rain. And so we'll have to be patient, I'm sure. And as we all know, you can't control the weather, and especially when you're in Central Florida. And that's part of the game. And, and the teams, fortunately – next weekend are going to Atlanta to race, as you guys know, before in, in recent years, we've headed west from Daytona and done the West Coast swing, and it was always difficult because if you had weather in Daytona and you were delayed for a day or two, then that would really jeopardize your next stop on the circuit going out to California, Las Vegas, wherever it may be. Going to Atlanta next week, keeping it in the southeast, gives a little more flexibility to this weekend's schedule. Uh, thoughts about that, Adam. It's supposed to spend the time on the waitforit.com outline with Adam Alexander. He is social. You can always find him at Adam Numeral One Alexander. Adam One uh, Alexander. This really affects him with FS1 and then with Fox Sports uh, the next couple of days. Talk about the cars. If this if this race is delayed, is it basically the same car that's coming here to Atlanta? Because going out west, you're prepping a different car to go from Charlotte out west. But how would that be as far as preparation for the car that they would drive here next week? I would anticipate that all of these teams have a a fleet of cars lined up for the first few races of the year so that you don't have to rely on the same car next week that you are this weekend. And and because Daytona and Atlanta are both drafting tracks, there is a connection there in the type of car that you might run at those two venues. But because these races are back-to-back, I'm sure – Unless it's a real emergency for a lower-level team, uh, every organization has got a car already set and ready to go at the shop for Atlanta, and whatever they run this weekend in Daytona, unless they were to really you know, tear something up or whatever the case may be, um, that they will not have to worry about turning a car from this weekend to get it ready to go next week when we come to Georgia. All right, this is going to qualify as the most naive question you're going to receive today, but I just, as we were sitting here talking about this, I never... I never knew this. Is there a thing when it comes to events like this where there's there's rain delays? You know, we see it in football, and I'm going to use those analogies. You, you know, you got a, a wet condition, you got a field, and you pick, oh, this team's got a better running game, so they got a better chance of winning. You see it when there's long delays in baseball. Uh, they, they run out of, you know, middle relievers, or they have to use their, their closer. Is there something that changes as far as the favorites when you go into a race like this and they've had rain for days leading up to it? Does, I guess the top guys, whoever you predict will win, that sort of changes a little bit, and these, some guys run better under these conditions. I would say that it really doesn't change on a weekend like this because you have to be completely in the dry, and, and while the track may be green, everyone's going to face the, the same set of circumstances when it comes to tire wear and, and all of that. Where you could get into that 
is at a road course because you are going to race in the rain. And if you have someone who has a history of racing in the rain or maybe more of a road course expert type thing, they may have an advantage just because of their experience in those conditions and under those circumstances. But when it comes to Daytona, you know, maybe once you get in race, if there's a threat of weather and you manage your strategy around that and one team has got more of an open book when it comes to rolling the dice or making a gamble, maybe they're not running full-time for points, and so they have a different agenda than those that are going for the championship, and so they could do something out of the box that could turn their way and open the door for an upset win. But for the most part, when it comes to Daytona, unless we're in race and the weather impacts the event and there's a strategy call in and around that, everyone's pretty much on a level playing field. Thank you. Yep, spending time with Adam. We're going to have to let him go here in just a minute. Talk about the Toyotas. What have they found? I mean, in the, in the opening qualifying, they didn't look so good, and now they, they found something. They, they were looking good in practice yesterday. Tyler Reddick wins one of the duels. You know, the, the Toyotas have never been great here in qualifying, haven't won a pole for the Daytona 500, and so we didn't really anticipate Wednesday night that they were going to be great in the single-car runs. But they've got a, a new body, and there was a lot of anticipation about how they were going to react in the draft. They have been good in the draft in recent years, and we all know the success that Denny Hamlin has enjoyed winning three Daytona 500s. And so I think what we've seen here is just the difference in single-car runs versus the draft. And it's quite obvious based on what we saw in the duel the other night with Tyler Reddick winning and Christopher Bell winning, and then what we saw in practice yesterday. These Toyotas do have speed together. And they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. The other thing I would say, when it comes to Daytona, Talladega, even Atlanta, a lot of what you see is manufacturers working together. And Toyota was always at a disadvantage because they just didn't have the numbers for the longest time. They had four cars from Joe Gibbs Racing, and that was it. And so it was hard to generate the energy you needed to in the draft. Well, now, you know, two cars at 2311 gives them six cars. Legacy Motor Club with Jimmy Johnson and the guys have added their fleet in the Toyota camp, and so there's three more. So this weekend, Toyota is going to have nine really good cars in the field to draft together, and that could very well make a difference on Sunday. I listen, Adam, because we talked – thank you, for, for the, uh, by the way, for that. But because we talked to you so much, we know you got to get somewhere else, so we're going to let you go, all right, because we, we'll make sure you make your appointment. But I'm going to leave you with this nugget. <laughs> Two things on this day. So when you, when you make your way around, you can throw these out there as insignificant information. Uh, Richard Petty was the first to win back-to-back – Daytona 500's got a second one on this day in 74. Okay. The first driver to win back-to-backs. Wow. That was his fifth Daytona 500 that happened on this day back in 74. And the other piece of news is everybody other than those in the racing world were introduced to a guy whose title was Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Bill Elliott won 85, his first Daytona 500. Man. That happened on this day. So those two pieces of information for you. Wanted you to just spread the love with that today, Al. <laughs> Adam. Great, great stuff, and, of course, Bill Elliott won twice. Chase yep. Elliott trying to win his first Daytona 500 this weekend, and Richard Petty won seven, and yeah. I'm going to go yeah. out on a limb and say no one's ever going to catch the king when it comes to victories <laughs> There you go, Daytona 500. Hey, it's great to be with you guys, and, and I'll reach out. I, I want to I want to spend some time with you this weekend in Atlanta. I hope that works out when we come your yeah. way. Absolutely. Absolutely, we look forward man. To it, buddy. Stay dry down there. See you guys. There you go. Adam Alexander from FS1. I was just curious about that. I realize the track's got to be dry, but still, the conditions are a little bit different. Well, I mean, that's just it. You you go out and qualify and practice on the track a certain way, but then the rain washes everything off, and so it changes some things. 
if it gets turns off cooler, then that's a different thing. And that's that's the other thing too. Yeah, but, it, but, but, everybody, but everybody got to adjust their setup. Everybody has to do yeah, that, so that it really doesn't go lean as far as the driver. It's whose crew can get the setup right to make that adjustment. That's who gets out front. Did you, know. you did you watch Racy back then when Bill won the song Daytona Five Hundred? Yeah. 85? I remember, I remember watching back then. Where were you at 85? It was a big deal. I was here in town. I was about, okay. you know, working some stuff with uh, with Bill Hartman over at Five. I was behind the scenes over there, and you know, there was it was it was it was, it was big following uh, Elliot every week because yeah. he hadn't had a driver from Georgia to do what he what he was doing to just dominate. And plus, the car was going fast, and the rest of NASCAR was trying to figure out what they doing up the end of that car because everybody's race shot went up in up in North Carolina. Theirs was was here in in Georgia. And so, you know, what them, what them folks, you know, it was all family, you know, his brothers, you know, uh, Dan and what they, you know, people always, what, they, what them boys up in Georgia putting up under the up under What's the, the thing when car? they win, what's that, they built, they, they hit the horn or something? What's oh, that? the siren. The siren. <laughs> Why you say it like that? The it's, siren. A siren. it's a siren. You guys want to hear something? Oh, he's, the pool. Hit, the, he's pool. hit the music. Yeah. I, had, I had a good one for the you. The Dawsonville pool. Oh, there you go. Shout out to the folks. Are you ready for this? this what you got? This one stayed with me when I heard this piece of news this week. This is your insignificant as we leave and get ready to uh, talk a little baseball and some other stuff that we got left around here, but pitchers and catchers are down there. Did you know, Sam, that humans and the domesticated dog, stay with me, humans and the domesticated dog are the only animals that hold on to and carry trauma throughout the rest of their life. Why is that? Uh, good question. We and domesticated dogs. You see a cheetah and, and like an antelope out there, and, a, and, and, the, and the cheetah goes after the antelope and misses it. Now, if that were us, that would We'd have to go see Dr. Malfi, right? <laughs> and we'd have to have all kinds of psychiatrists. No, about 10 feet after that antelope has escaped, he gets a little drink of water and just goes on about its life. So that's what I heard this week. This was this is from... Some people with medical degrees said that we and domesticated dogs are the only ones who carry trauma throughout the rest of our lives. Think about that on the rest of this day. It is Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929 TheGame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. It's Sam and Greg on a Saturday morning. I, I got the, my back to the window, which, by the way, anybody who knows me knows that that's like I'd have to be nine stories up to have my, to do this. As I can't sit with my back to a window. But is it still uh, coming down? Like I can't. No, it's just cloudy out, and uh, it's probably already passed through. I got to check the weather radar. It's not supposed to be like an all-day thing. It's supposed to come passing through, and then the temperature drops. That's what we're expecting. It's in the 40s outside right now. I think when we showed up a few minutes ago, (laughs) it was in the 50s, and you know the bottom kind of fell out a little bit. I have to tell you, I, I appreciate the picture you sent me last week. Because, see, again, this is Sam and I just kind of recapping our week, but also we haven't had a chance to talk about how we spent Super Bowl Sunday and our thoughts on the game, which we did earlier. But you sent me a plate. Uh, you know, you always like to ask what's on the menu. Yeah. I saw what you had, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Looked beautiful. Yeah, man. Except for one thing. What's that? I can't do asparagus. What's wrong I with know asparagus? You, I, just, just, I don't like asparagus. It's, 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 People don't like everything that, you know, I know folks that don't you, like cheese. You're a Brussels sprouts? Brussels I don't like Brussels sprouts either. Yeah. I can eat I can eat the asparagus tips, but the rest of it is just stringy and just. Ugh. Well, no, this is not a you, fan this of. Is the way you fix it. Possibly. Yeah. And they say the same thing about Brussels sprouts. I but see I, people I, I, coat I, I, them I, with cheese and put bacon in there. Yeah. I still ain't eating them. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really, but it looked great. That sounds pretty good. The thing looked it looked wonderful. Shout out to uh, you from Herb. Yep, yeah, because you 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 able to get by there. <laughs> I got by there for before, a minute before he shut it down. And, no, I went early before it even opened. Okay, and, okay. Uh, just you know, he said, "Hey, I'm moving. I, I'm moving. I gotta let y'all let y'all know where we're going." Where are you going? No, he's he's moving, and he's gonna let me. He's gonna let us know. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let, let me know where he's gonna be. Because you'll be out there going going by Osborne's practice, thinking you just slide by Herb's. The next thing you know, there's no smoke coming from the parking lot. I know. So he's but, not he's not gonna be in the same area. It's there now. It's there now. But he's he's gonna be moving. He said, "I'll let y'all know." And by the way, that's an apt description of his voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 Game, 92.9 Game. Couldn't be more excited about the third installment of our new feature called They Got Next. This is where we are inviting those of you out there who have a 13-year-old or younger son, daughter, niece, nephew, friend um, to come on here. And we're giving you an opportunity, giving them an opportunity to do a one-minute, one-and-a-half-minute sports report. Yeah. And it's just something that we kind of fell into. It's 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 not the first time people have done this, but it's the first time we did it, and it's uh, taken off. Well, the person who's doing it today, I think, is going to do an excellent job. Uh, having the chance to get to know her and and getting to see her, you know, her fascination uh, around broadcasting and around sportscasting, and wanting to see the broadcast area, wanting to see the press box. I mean, she she's has a curiosity about it, a natural curiosity about it, uh, when you consider what Dad's done. So. I think I think we're in for a really good one today. That's a nice tease, and I'm not going to mention anything more. So that's there we up go. At nine o'clock straight up. The guy who originated this uh, with his daughter Terrell Thomas will be joining us. Uh, and by the way, a follow up story with uh, Sayla, who did the first one of these. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. has happened to her. She has she has moved on, which is what we hope happens to everyone. Getting opportunities. Uh, Jason Longshore, forgot about him. Jason's going to join us coming up at 822. So we got a big rest of this show coming up here. Uh, again, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 Game, 92.9thegame.com. Are you one of these people who get worked up into a lather about pitchers and catchers? Uh, not, 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 not totally, you know, but, but, but it is exciting. You know, it, it is exciting, and it's, it's the beginning. The thing of it is with the Braves – Pitchers and catchers show, but the position guys show up too. You know, it's, it's like every everybody everybody shows up kind of early, and that's the thing that uh, that I think gets people excited. The pitchers and catchers are there, but all the position guys show up too. It's it's you know it's time to get going, um, and you like to see that from a team. You know how the season ended. You know right. we all got a bad taste in our mouths about the way the season ended, and nobody more than the team. And so you know, showing up and and getting back to work and getting back to it together, of course. It, it's just like any other sport. You don't take the offseason off. You know, you're still doing the things to improve yourself. You're still doing the conditioning. Ronald Acuna hadn't slowed down well, I yet. I was just going to say, right? he might have taken some time off because he needed some rest. No, but he played. Well, not only that, but he also got married and well, well, did some other stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, but, but, I mean, he, he played the Caribbean Series, played down, down in Venezuela. Um, so, so he came almost, almost straight from that. Uh, to, to pick up and nice go. Nice to be 24, 25 again, ain't it? You know what I mean? And your body <laughs> yeah, just bounces back. Yeah, it bounces and you just, right back. You just jump right out there. Socks. I'll let's be all play, right. Let's play some more. Come on, you know. Ernie Banks mentality. Yeah. Let's play two. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, and, I, and I'm sure him showing up yesterday lifted, you know, everything, lifted the spirit of everybody just to have him there. A guy who accomplished what he accomplished last year, but here he is, you know, ready to get things going. I mean, this team wants to get back to where it was last year to, to win another um, division pennant, 
but more more than that to get on and, and uh, get to the chance to to win another world championship. And they start the regular season, oddly enough, with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That's who they say on opening weekend. So we'll see. First exhibition games for the Braves. First game is next Saturday. So they're going to work out and do some things there and next Saturday start playing the games. I want to ask you a question. They got just, 32, got 32 preseason games. Yeah. Then you got those split squads. Yeah. And whatnot. That so in all, in all, and all they're going to play 32 preseason games. I was thinking about around the stadium and I was looking at the statues that are there and, and thinking about who will be joining that, that group. I don't know how many years down the road, how many decades down the road, but given what we've seen just so far, does Ronald Acuna get a statue out there? He stays with the Braves? Given what he's done for this team right now. And I'm going to assume that you would agree with me that Freddie, if there's anybody else, yeah. would get one. Okay? So let's say past, the, past those guys, you know, from Chipper, you know, from the old regime to these guys. I figure Freddie's going to get one if they give one out. But my question is, given what he did last year, and believing that that sort of thing won't happen anytime soon, and he's got, I, I, I think, and he's got I think, the chip. I think that could happen again. Really? This year, yeah. Why couldn't? Why shouldn't it? You know, the same every, reason because everything was new last year. The base I, pass, all that was new. Now you're familiar with it. You, you're a season into it. You go out there and attack it from the start this year if you want to do that. I mean, if you want to do it, see, I don't want somebody to do it like Russell West. Russell Westbrook started the season determined to go after Oscar Robertson's record. That, that It wasn't about the team. It was about him getting that triple-double average for the season. Yeah. You going to do it like that? No. Then I don't want it. Well, no, if, but, I mean, you still go out and, and, and be aggressive with it to start the season. You're doing that for the team, too. You're not I, doing it just, just, just for you. Disagree with you, but 40 and 70, to say that you're going to try and do that again, you're seeking to do something for an individual record as opposed to the other eight guys on the team. Well, no, I'm, not, I'm just saying you go out and say, I'm going to go out and do this. It's ha- it has to be like an uh, organic type thing. If the opportunities are there, why not take them? If, if the opportunities are, are there, I just, I just don't. I, I think see that, that happening. But the way this, the way this order works, the way this batting order works, opportunities will be there for them. You know, they, they, they will be there if they hit. If this batting order hits the way it should, and with him, him getting on base, and you don't think that there's going to be a whole lot more walks coming his way this year because people don't want to deal with him. And yes, he could get on the base paths and, and do the steal thing, but they'd rather have him steal one base than hit one out of the park. I just think that he's going to be dealt with. Listen, we already know we don't like the way the Marlins pitch to him. So now, now everybody else is going to come at him a little different. And he's in that. He's in well, that. I don't think you're going pitch and hit him. I say go on hit. I said we already know how the Marlins go and approach well, him. I'm saying right now yeah. teams are going to adjust in a way, and we're going to see how Ronald adjusts to the way he's pitched now. Also, it had a lot of to do with does he stay in the number one position? Oh, yeah. Does he stay? I mean, we that. don't know. We could, and, and if he gets nicked up at some point, there's a lot of ifs over 162 games. And so to assume that everything's going to be rosy. And by the way, what we don't want is somebody like Michael Harris going down. Not for the obvious reasons, but to stick Ronald at that number one spot plays out so beautifully when you put Michael Harris at the nine position because once you get into the game, you got nine, one, and two that right. are just killers. Right. Right. Before you even get to the number three spot and number four spot. Right. So the way that Snicker has that played out, you hope that these guys stay healthy enough to continue doing that throughout the course of the season. 
Yeah. But I just know that this dude's going to get pitched a whole lot differently. I don't know what it's going to look like, but he's going to be pitched differently now, just like Barry Bonds when he was doing something crazy at the plate. When you get a player who – Mike Trout, look at him. I mean, when he's healthy for a full season. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, know, that's the thing with that. He gets, you know? he gets pitched differently. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. That's just my thought on it. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the, the stage is set for him and whatever he wants to do with, with this lineup the way that it is, it lends itself to him, you know, being a contender for that and going for it if the opportunities are there. And that's the thing. You give a player like that the green light when he gets on base uh, to go ahead and, and do what he does and what you know he's capable of doing. I think that's one of the great things that this team has in its arsenal. Uh, even if you want to have to go and play a little small ball, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can do that. We haven't seen this team have to do a lot of that, but this team is capable of doing that if, if need be. So, so When is the last time you got, other than maybe last year, that you said you like this Braves team just the way it is as far as that staff. Spencer Strider, Max Fried, Chris Sale now in there, mm-hmm. Charlie Morton, Bryce Elder. Yeah. When the last time you said you ain't got to talk about the starting pitching? You really kind of feel comfortable. That does not happen No, that often. No, no. They have that part play. They have that, that part all set. You got an infield, you know, that plays well defensively. And I think that's the thing. We'd love to talk about the offensive productivity, but the way that team has played defensively, but just strategy-wise, the thing I'm worried kind of concerned with the team is like your you, you, your coach is on the field. You oh, lost Ron Washington. You, you lost two two valuable yeah, people. You, did. Yeah. you lost two valuable people in your first and third base coaches, and, and not just what they do during the games, mm-hmm. but the things locker they room. did. A lock, you know, clubhouse and pregame, the time on the field, guys out there on their knees. I mean, that's and you know. Let's see if they're able to get some people who fill in those voids. You know, I was at the event with Marquise Grissom and, um, a couple of weeks ago, and I interviewed Eric Davis. Mm-hmm. And Eric Davis says, you know, these guys are going to miss Wash. Yeah, they are. Both you know, of them. These, these guys. Yeah, he, he and he and he and, uh, and, and, and Eric Young. Both. Yeah, both of those guys. Because what they did was they had the history connection with the team. You couldn't come at them all crazy because you knew the team. These guys knew stuff about this Braves team that the way they operate. So there was another voice. You talk about leaders in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You had these guys who were teaching in their in their own way the Braves way of doing things. Not to do it exactly like the way those guys did it in the 90s. I'm not saying that's the blueprint, but there's a there's a way of go, of going about doing your business that has continued with this the uh, oops, sorry about that. Yeah. The the top players on this team. And so though coming from those two Whose opinions are beyond reproach? Yeah. Now I can't remember if, and, and I'm sure that there's people who know this firsthand. Either one of those guys are they bilingual? Ain't nothing which, funnier. Which one now? Oh no, I'm asking. Did you know Ron Washington or or why they were um, bilingual? May 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 have been a, a, enough to communicate with everybody in the right. clubhouse. Right. I just I just yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't I didn't see I didn't notice Wash having to work through, work, work through an interpreter when he worked with him. Uh, before the game, so nothing, I think he's probably nothing funny. The old dude who's got broken English trying to cuss in, in Spanish or get get a point no, across. That, it's just funny. It it really is. Um, but I was I really was thinking about that because listen, that is necessary in 2024 and maybe trilingual if you speak Japanese. Yeah. And by the way, you had a thought on something that happened this past week. Speaking of Japanese baseball, oh, just uh, the, the the player that was signed by Stanford. Uh, the top high school player, top high school uh, baseball player in Japan mm-hmm. has signed to play with Stanford. And that's one thing that uh, someone was saying after the world 
baseball championships with Japan winning overall. Yeah. You know, where do we next see more players from Japan? Will we see more in the farm system? Well, you don't see a lot collegiately. Is that the next place you see a lot of players from Japan arriving in this country? And that's 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 a big start. That's a I big start for him to be. You know, obviously Stanford being a West Coast school. Um, don't know if schools in the SEC, which uh, you know, schools in SEC want to win like everybody else. Right. If they got a pipeline to get a hot hot shot, you know, high school age player to come to come and play, you know, be it Georgia or LSU or whoever the hot SEC, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Um, but Stanford has already stepped up and, and done that. And we want to see, is that, is that the start of a new pipeline? I would imagine so, because why would you want to ride the bus and, and be in the minors coming right in and get on the farm team where you can go to a college and, by the way, start making NIO money? Could do that, too, as well. Yeah, you this, know? Is, this, is the, this is the Otani effect. Uh, the seven hundred million dollars. We're gonna try and find some, squeeze some money out of someplace. But it's a lot easier <laughs> now. Attached, to, say that out loud. Attached to a university, you can make more money <laughs> than you can. Yeah. Riding the bus there, and it's all above board. Anyway, moving into the eight o'clock hour, we're gonna hear from Jason Longshore, Tiger Woods. We thought we were gonna have a red shirt Sunday. Uh, well, we kind of did as far as his apparel, but that's about it. You can go online and buy it. That's I guess. right. We'll talk about that and uh, something very, very. Um, this monumental happened in the entertainment business a couple days ago, and I want to talk about it uh, coming up in this 8 o'clock hour. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It takes with you in the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 